Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, coming to you from Atlanta. And we've got a big uh, podcast for you today. We're going to talk things over with one of the most successful high school basketball coaches in America. And he's our winner of the 2020 Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Basketball Coach of the Year. But we want to start our program today with a bit of news and notes that will lead us into our interview. Our podcast this week is brought to you by State Farm. For great rates on home and auto insurance, talk to a State Farm agent today. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The news comes from the world of college basketball, and it is Cade Cunningham. He's one of the nation's top basketball recruits, and he has chosen to remain at Oklahoma State despite the program being banned from the 2021 postseason. Now, Cunningham was our Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Trophy Award winner this year, given to the nation's best player, and he is the number one player in rivals and 24-7 sports, a six-foot-seven point guard. He is outstanding, and he is going to honor his commitment to Oklahoma State. Now, he played his high school basketball at Mount Verde in Florida, and that leads us to talking about our guest this week, and that is Kevin Boyle our Jersey Mike's Naismith National High School Trophy Boys Coach of the Year and one of the most successful in the country, rose to national prominence in his home state of New Jersey as he won his first Naismith at St. Patrick's in 2011 and then has won two more National Coach of the Year honors at Mount Verde. It's an interesting discussion. We touch on all three areas of high school, college, and the NBA. And it's for you next. Here is Kevin Boyle. Great to catch up with our 2020 Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Coach of the Year, live and direct from Orlando, Florida, Kevin Boyle. Kevin, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and our congratulations on winning this award for the third time. You're getting to be a regular here with Naismith. Well, um, you know, that's what happens, I think, when you have uh, really good players. You end up being uh, considered a much better coach. <laughs> You know, it's, we've been really fortunate here. When I was, you know, back to when I was at St. Patrick's in New Jersey, and I had Al Harrington and, and uh, Kyrie Irving and Michael Kill Gilchrist and Sam Dallenberg. And then at Montbury, we've had, a, you know, a lot of really talented players as well. Um, you know, several winning the Naismith Award. Well, Kevin, your success, of course, um, has been just outstanding uh, at the two schools that you mentioned. And this year, our 2020 Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Player of the Year played for you, Cade Cunningham, who made news earlier in the week that he was going to remain uh, committed to Oklahoma State and play in the Big 12 next season. Tell us a little bit about Cade and what his year was like last year because it was such a strange year for all of us. Well, I mean, you know, Cade was at our school for two years, and I thought early on we kind of recognized that we thought his best position was probably, you know, to be a big point guard because he's a good shooter who's become a much, much better shooter last year. He went from like 32% from three to like 47% from three in one year. So he showed great development and great improvement there. But, you know, coming in, I thought, you know, if he has the ball in the league, he'll be involved in a lot of plays. He's a good passer. He's, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ben, but, you know, he, uh, he's a set big guard, sees the floor, shares the ball. But, you know, he had a great year. There was obviously a lot of pressure. He was recruited by everybody. Uh, his brother's an assistant at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, and, and obviously there were some questions about the 
NCAA with different schools being looked at with the with their last uh, you know college basketball uh, situation that happened. And uh, you know he he uh, I think was I, I always knew he was going to go where his brother was. Just you know they're a tight family. His brothers helped develop his game as well at home. And you know to me even now when uh, they were put on probation, I guess they're going to appeal it. But they're put on probation. There was talk about him leaving. No, I still thought he was going to end up at Oklahoma State, which he announced today. I think, you know, it's a great conference. He could still be recognized there as, you know, come out as the one or two pick in the draft, most likely. Kevin, I want to talk about all of that uh, with with uh, the great players you've had. You mentioned Ben Simmons, R.J. Barrett, et cetera, and, and just a roll call of uh, of great players both at St. Patrick's and, of course, at, at Montverde as well. But for our listeners, Kevin, that may not be familiar uh, with the academy and everything that's going down there, give us a little thumbnail because it's much more than just coaching, you know, an elite basketball team at the high school level. Well, Montverde is like a small college. We, we're about 22 miles from Disney World. It's a beautiful school on a lake. It looks like a little college. We have kids from 94 countries. So we have a great, diverse school. It's very good uh, education. It's a great culture. You know, it's it's uh, really ahead of it on the culture. That, you know, the kids are all, are all, you know, 90% of them are mature and focused in what they're doing. You know, we have, you know, besides we're known for being a great school, but we have a great art, uh, uh, you know, for the arts and, and theater uh, academy. We have excellent swimming, tennis, golf. You know, so we have a, a variety of sports, but, you know, they really don't cut back ever on academics, even though, you know, we're attracting a lot of kids because of those other aforementioned stuff. Um, and then basketball-wise, you know, I've been here nine years, and Kevin Sutton was here first, who's a, an assistant at, at Rhode Island now, and he was a very good coach. And, you know, he got the program going, and then we were able to take it to, you know, a really uh, high level where we've won five of the last seven high school national championships and, uh, you know, this year, a lot of people were saying that, you know, this was, you know, possibly the greatest high school team ever. You know, I think we were 7-0 and against teams that appeared in the top three this year. We were only, uh, we were ahead only, only once was somebody within 20 points going into the fourth quarter. You know, so, um, you know, it was a dominant year against, you know, even against elite teams. We, we beat, you know, uh, number three, 75 to 32. We were up 33 against the Mathna when they were number two in the country. We beat IMG by 2018 and eight. That was our only single figure, single game, the one game. So we beat the best teams very convincingly. But we had, you know, we had, besides Cade, we had a kid, Scotty Barnes, who's definitely a first round pick, who we went to Florida State. Uh, we had Dayron Sharp, who's 6'10", who has a chance to be an NBA player because he could really uh, big 6'10", 6'11 guy. will probably be in Carolina two years and then testing the waters. We had Moses Moody, a great shooter, going to Arkansas. Another guy that's been mentioned in some mock drafts. So all four of those guys have been in somebody's mock draft, you know, in the first round. You know, on one team plus the underclassmen we have, which, you know, a number of them are mentioned in some of the mock drafts coming up. Tariq Whitehead, Caleb Houston, so on. Well, Kevin, you, you've been at this game a long time. I mean, it, you, your career in New Jersey, and of course, you mentioned the nine years at Montverde, but man, you really got it going now. I mean, the, this is just a magnet for the best talent around the world. And it's it's not just in the United States and Canada, but you're attracting talent from all over. 
And uh, and kudos to you and the staff and the school. You put together a, a program that's recognized worldwide. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, and I think it's I think part of it is things trickle down to the NBA and you know, the NBA has become kind of those super teams where guys seem to be wanting to play with each other. And I think we've been the recipient of that attitude in high school now. It's almost more like club basketball on the high school level than your traditional high schools 20 years ago where most of the kids want to go to, you know, these 25, 30 high schools. You know, so I think it's more, to our credit, I think it's much more competitive to be number one today because there's, you know, most of the better teams, you know, you need, it's it's almost like the NBA, you need three outstanding players to be number one because, you know, everybody else got two because it seems like the best guys are trying to, you know, talk each other into going to the same schools when they become juniors. And, you know, the schools that are, you know, having a number of players come out of them, schools that get on TV more, those teams that are at school that are able to play the schedules. Um, you know, and then when you, you start having success, then more people look at you and, you know, think that we must be doing something right with all the kids. If there's, you know, you know, so many. We, we, we had, uh, in the first nine years, we had 24 pros playing in 13 countries. No, so we have Devin Williams in Turkey, the the, 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 John, the Kari Johnson in China, Kevin John in China, Landry Noko in Germany, Joel Embed also played with us his junior year. You know, so you had, you know, we've had, I think, uh, I think the only team with more top three NBA picks uh, than us. I think I think we've had nine, and since since we both schools together, since Kyrie Irving and Michael Gilchrist. We've had six top three picks in like the last nine years. I think Duke's the only one with more top three picks in that period of time. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, and for those who don't know you, uh, you know it's not you just don't. Uh, it's not easy uh, playing. Uh, you've got to earn your minutes. You've got to get out there, and you're dealing, of course, with the the cream of the crop yearly. Um, I wanted to ask you, Kevin, ha- have the kids changed? over the course of time because you've you coached uh, so many great players but you've also coached guys that you know were not the number one draft pick in the NBA and stuff like that over the years have you seen the young men change or has that stayed the same for you um you know I think it's I, I think there's been a well there's been a slight change if you allow it where you know some of the better kids over time maybe have gotten a little bit more you know in some cases uh Given things, you know, I don't mean necessarily bad, you know, illegal things, but just, you know, you're, you know, they're getting an extra bag, an extra hat, an extra shoe, whatever, when they're getting a little bit entitled sometimes. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is to, with the kids, is to make sure that they they know you care, make sure that you could be very tough on them as long as you're, you know, transparent and honest to them about what they need. And you know, we do a lot of film work and we'll, we'll give them a, re- you know, I think the reason Scotty Barnes, came to our school was because, you know, he asked me to, you know, to evaluate his game because he wanted to come here. And I think I evaluated him as as being a pro. And there was, you know, on a one to five scale in a lot of areas, and there was a lot of threes and two and a halfs. And, like, in high school, you're a four right now or five, and it was always. But if you want to go to the NBA at your size, you know, the way you shoot, you know, you're, you're a two, you know, um, even though you're going to be a great, you know, he was, he was perhaps the most valuable player in high school basketball, even though Key was the best player and he's going to be a great pro, but he had, you know, certain areas. So we try to be very transparent with them. And then I think he coached them hard, but you know, hard is, I, I think is demanding of, of detail. 
you know, putting out, but it's the way you communicate with today's kids that you let them know. Okay, you tell me you want to be a pro, and then you want, you know, it's my job then to push you hard with respectfully, but to get after you to reach those limits. And I'm, I'm falling short of that if I let you coast in practice, if I start you and you're not playing hard. And, you know, if you're not working to your capabilities, if you don't want to put extra time in, if we're doing lunchtime shooting and you're not going hard, you know, those things are, you know, those aren't things good pros do or guys who make the league. It's so competitive. So we constantly preach that to them, sell that to them, show them tapes of guys that worked hard or give examples of me working at LeBron's camp and seeing him and Chris Paul, those guys working at different times around the camp and, you know, those guys, you know, live in the gym. They, you know, they're, they're disciplined. And when they're practicing, they're, they're competing. You know, it's, it's hard. It's not maybe like 30, 40 years ago where summers were off. Most guys now are, you know, realize it's a close to a year-round game if you want to stay sharp at the competition. Boy, so much ground to cover with you. You're so great. This is awesome. Um, let me ask you, Kevin, about uh, the news, of course, that the G League is offering now players uh, to to bypass, if you will, the college experience and, and uh, come and play for an elite team. Your thoughts on that and uh, its effect on what you do and, and your thoughts on what it does to the game of basketball? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't. I think a few things depend. One, does the M- NBA make a change where in 2022 high school kids can, can go directly to the NBA? I know that's been you know, proposed but hasn't been agreed upon yet. You know, if that's agreed upon and this whole G League thing is done and it's over because, you know, not, I mean, I don't mean the G League, but this high school thing because the best kids will then go right to the NBA, you know, so there'll be really no need for the, that G League experiment for a high school kid because if he's really deserving of going and, and, and should even think about bypassing college, then he'll be picked by an NBA team right away and won't have to go through the G League process and have more guarantees from the entry for security. You know, now, if it stays the way it is, you know, I, I think it you know, gives an option for a kid. I just don't know how. I, I'm still, I hope it works for them, but I'm still suspect in the sense of if he's, if like Jalen Green is a very good player, but if he's not in a regular G League schedule, you know, on, on the one side, if you go into that level and you're still fine-tuning your game, the danger is you might get exposed a little bit more at that level and cause yourself a first-round pick. You know, so you got 500000 but let's say you played in a regular G League schedule, didn't play great, now you're not picked in the first round, or you go from the third pick to the 27th pick. You, know, you just cost yourself millions of guaranteed dollars by maybe not going to college if you felt that was safer. Or in some cases, going to a 50-year of prep basketball, which is often, the, you know, I've had a number of kids over the years where I've told them, not necessarily who played for me, but, you know, guys who I thought were good but a little overrated, that you should stay in high school and play prep ball because the, the mock drafts have you 13th, 12th, 9th, and I don't even know if you're a first-round pick, you know, saying that nicely, but you, you might as well just stay in this level and be picked 16th and get a guarantee money, and if you're not that level, at least you got three years at, you know, $13 million or something. Um, but, um, you know, so, you know, and, and I don't, I just don't know how many games he's going to get if he's, I, I think my understanding is there, I guess they're kind of putting some team together because outside of jail and I don't think those other guys or anybody else they've gotten is, you know, Isaiah Todd is a good player, but he still has a long way to go to be a pro. You know, so Jalen Green is definitely a pro. Isaiah Todd has, 
potential to be a pro, but he's got a lot of work to do to, you know, be on a roster for somebody. That's not a guarantee. And the other guys they have in there are, are good players, but, you know, they're, you know, may, maybe not even, you know, pros, you know, really uh, uh, at this stage. You know, they're trying to fill in roster spots right now. So I, I don't know if it's great unless you can get the best three or four kids every year. You know, like Kay just turned it down, and maybe he would have took it if his brother wasn't involved. I don't know. But, you know, I don't I, – I just – I'm still – the jury's still out to me. I hope it works for him, but I just – I don't know if it's uh, – it, it will work at this point. Yeah, a lot of unknowns. And just to put the money to the side, uh, as a developmental tool, um, I, don't you think players have to ask themselves, am I better off uh, going this route, uh, competition unknown, uh, you know, I might be shooting free throws in Erie, Pennsylvania, you know, um, or is it a better developmental tool to be shooting free throws at Rupp Arena uh, with the game on the line in a packed house? Well, you know, and again, I guess you know the G League might might feel that hey, we're sh- we're showing some stuff that's a little more pro-like to guys that join us than maybe Kentucky Duke or North Carolina will. But I think Kentucky Duke or North Carolina will all argue with you that you know our style of play in some ways is you know trying to be somewhat similar. Duke's going to say we play very open, very fast. They're going to probably you know argue with you about the skill development and, and, and um, you know, and say with the skill development that, um, you know, we're, we're getting guys ready for that next level. You know, we're doing, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I even know in a high school situation right now, we're, do, we're doing a lot of, um, in the high school situation right now, we're, we're working a lot with Dayron Sharp on guarding ball screens because we know for the NBA, he got that big, thick body. That's the 610 from Carolina. And it's going to come down. One of the big things is if you can't go out and, you know, help on a ball screen or even switch a little bit at times, it's going to, you're going to be a real liability. It's going to be hard to make the NBA if you're not an incredible offensive player, you know. So right. I think that, you know, those are things that, you know, and I think it's one of the things that's helped us get a number of kids at this level, you know, because we, you know, we, we have a reputation for trying to teach guys where they're going to go, not just where they're all, where they are. But I think a Kentucky or Duke is going to try to sell you on the same thing in their skill development or Gonzaga. And, you know, now obviously the NBA is going to say, you know, we're showing you only NBA stuff. We feel we're going to get you more ready. And, you know, I don't know. They're, they're both probably showing you a lot of good stuff. And I think the development at both will probably be real good for you. I don't think it's, you know, a great, super great advantage in either way. Um, you know, I guess you could say with the G League, all you're doing is basketball. There's no school. But, you know, I don't know if there's an overabundance of class, and I don't mean that to be sarcastic. Just if you're taking three or four classes, maybe you take two in summer school and three your first semester, so you have five classes. You know, it's not a heavy overload either, you know, of, of classes mm-hmm. for those guys, especially if they know they're going one and done. You know, in, in that case, then they're not, you know, they're not, um, you know, killing themselves to graduate and get in that course because they know they're out. So they're kind of, doing what they need to do to be eligible in, in, in some cases. Right. Kevin, we, we talked about, you know, being there in Central Florida, and, of course, the NBA restart is, is coming. Uh, I wanted to ask you, trust that you and your family and everyone has been safe and healthy through all of this, uh, and what's the, what's the feeling like in, in Orlando uh, with the NBA restart in terms of the pandemic? 
well, I think my wife is very upset because she thinks we were going to be staying at the Floridian for a, for a vacation, <laughs> but now now apparently the Lakers are staying there. So, <laughs> so, so I, I think a lot of a lot of Disney Disney addicts, which and there's there is a lot of Disney addicts in the world, and I think uh, with that that uh, the NBA's gobbled up the better hotels. So <laughs> it's it's probably a fifty fifty of people being very excited they're there, but the problem is they can't watch them, you know, except on TV. Right. You know, I think it's probably a great thing. You know, it's a good place for the NBA to have it. You know, obviously there's some concerns with the spikes in Florida now, but I think the NBA will, you know, be pretty bubbled up anyway and tested enough um, that, you know, they should be okay. And Central Florida's, you know, I mean, Florida's, you know, is is starting to to really uh, spike up the last couple weeks. Hopefully that kind of levels off. But I think the NBA should be able to get through. But, um you know, being okay, again, if they're tested and they're in that kind of bubble thing, even if somebody gets it, they won't be passing it to other people. So I, th- I think they'll be okay. But, you know, that, you know, again, basketball people have said it. We just wish we could all, you know, watch this, watch the games. It would, be, it would be awesome if they were there. We could kind of go to Disney, you know, because you think of usually high school games there with, you know, summer AAU basketball. It's very popular at those sites. So, um, you know, it's 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 really good. But, you know, we were just R.J. Barrett, who went here and still lives right by school. He was just disappointed because he was, you know, really trying to get in shape and get ready, and then the Knicks didn't make it either. So, Right. That's the one hard thing. Young guys, you know, you're going almost nine months if you don't play. If you're on one of the eight teams that didn't make it and you're a young player, you're almost going nine months without a game. It's crazy. That's a lot of months when you're a young developing player. And very few of those guys can find a competition in other areas that's close, or does the league or their team even want them doing that where, with, you know, possibility of injuries or those type of things, right. something that's not as structured. So, um, you know, it'd just be interesting, you know. And, and you know, the, the, other, the other interesting thing I was saying was, you know, would you have, if a kid was a senior this year, could you be eligible for the draft if you turn 19 because the season – you know, when you read the the rule, it's a little bit a little bit gray because the uh, the C, you had to have you had to be 19 and you had to have you had to be uh, had to go through I believe one NBA season. You know, one one NBA season has to has to conclude, and the NBA you you will be 19 now, and the NBA season will be over before the draft because the draft has moved back. That's right. You know, so. You know, you could, you know, I don't know if, if it's exactly how it reads, not being a lawyer and not looking at it closely, but uh, it's an interesting question. Could seniors from this past year be eligible for the draft? Because it's, you know, if they're 19, I think 10 of the, of the guys in the, um, 10 of the top, I think 10 of the top 25 players would be 19. Would they be eligible because the season concludes before the draft, I believe. Kevin, I think it's a natural question for someone who's had so much success. Any th- thoughts of coaching uh, college ball or getting into the NBA for you? Uh, you've had so much success as uh, developing talent. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I just, you know, I kind of um, am simple in a sense that I've, you know, I, I started coaching grammar school basketball and the principal of St. Patrick's uh, high school son was on the team. And then he hired me for the St. Patrick job. And then kind of, they lure me down here. And my wife is, is, is uh, really loves Disney world. And we came down here, a beautiful school. And 
I, I really enjoy this age and, and um, you know, the culture we had at Marburg. And, you know, been very happy here. Um, but, you know, um, you know, I don't know. It would have to probably fall on my lap because today to really be a college coach, you would really have to, you know, you really have to hire an agent who's, who's you know, getting out there and looking what's open and meeting with headhunting agencies, which often are hiring nowadays. So it would really, it would really be a process like that. And, you know, I really, like I said, I don't have an, an agent, so and I'm not really looking. So it's, you know, it'd be hard for it to happen unless you really were seeking it because obviously any good college job, you got 50, 60, 70, 80 people want it. You know, and, and everybody's got, you know, Coach K or Rick Pitino or, you know, Roy Williams calling for them, you know, um, and, and doing a lot of research on it. So, you know, it's something that at this point I'm still very satisfied with where I am. And, you know, you know, again, it's something that, you know, was great and came up to me. I guess I would think about it. But, you know, for the most part, I'd be, I have no, you know, no regrets of, you know, the level I'm at. I love, I love this level of basketball. You know, I think, you know, in, in like the team we had this year, you know, you know, being it doesn't sound humble, but really our team this year would have won a lot of conferences in Division One. You know, you have, you know, Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and De'Ron Sharp. So you had a center, forward, and six-seven point guard that were, you know, that are going to start at Oklahoma State, North Carolina, Florida State, and the shooting guard at Arkansas. You know, so you have four starters at those schools. If, you, if they all went to one school together, it would have been the number one recruiting class. Now, if they, they, could, they could have went to Duke, that would have been the number one recruiting class. And Duke would have been expected to be third in the country, you know, with those kids. So, you know, it was a team that is, you know, kind of the level. It's, it's almost like a, you know, low to mid-division one level when you're, you know, Oak Hill and us and some of the other, you know, power schools that, have, like I said, that become these super teams. So, you know, the best 30 kids, 20 of them are at, you know, these eight schools. You know, so it's a really competitive uh, level, and you know, it's something I still enjoy. Yeah. Well, there's only one Montverde, and there's only one Kevin Boyle, and we offer our congratulations once again, the third time to win our Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Coach of the Year. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. I have enjoyed this thoroughly, and I know our listeners have too. And all the best to you. Well, I'll say this in closing. Thank you, and. and- Jersey Mike's is, you know, I think originally from Belmar, New Jersey, not not too bad at 40 minutes from where I'm from, and it's it's my go-to in Orlando Airport. It's, it's it's my good luck when we go away, even if it's in the morning. I'll have to get a McDonald's, but I'll have to get a Jersey Mike for my bag because it's uh it's it's my superstitious good luck thing. Um, you know, being from Jersey and and uh, they always make a great product, so I appreciate you guys having me on. And we, we will pass that along to the powers that be. Thank you, Kevin. All the best. Kevin, thank you, and best of luck always. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and a review. Your support makes a trophy life possible, and the feedback only goes to help improve the show. So thank you for that. And this podcast this week, presented by State Farm, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That will do it for this week. We'll see you again next week on a Trophy Life podcast. From Atlanta, Bob Rathman saying so long.